0: Back to their will-be movies. This is our podcast, where we talk about 25 of our favourite movies from in the in decade. This is our third year, our third volume, and we're covering movies released between 1990 and 1999. This is our 72nd episode. Sounds about right. We are covering today, dipping our toes very briefly into the waters of 1998 before we do a 1999 home run to the end of the series, Truman Show. I am your host, Dave Ben Phillips, and I'm joined, as always, in this intrepid journey through any given decade by Matthew Waters. How are you this fine
1: Sunday morning? Uh, I'm sleepy, and and apparently we dipped our toe into 98, didn't like how it felt, and we're skedaddling straight on out of here after The Truman Show, which is a magnificent movie that, for some reason, is going to be underrepresented in some of the, the things we're going to read to you in a few minutes, but yeah. A, a fun, fun time. Obviously we always go through highest crossing movies of the year, most nominated movies
0: for the year, and the most acclaimed movies for the year. Trim Show is on none of those lists. Mm. Every movie else we've covered has kind of been on one of them, really. Like even Death Becomes Her
1: is on one version of those lists, I feel. Yeah. (laughs) I can't really remember. It was a fever dream ago, and and it's blowing my mind that we're three episodes from the end after this, but... I
0: don't know if you know this, but
1: 2021's gone pretty quickly. Uh, Yeah. I remember, it was just just under a year ago that everyone was all set for Christmas, we definitely won't cancel Christmas, and then Boris a week before Christmas is like, we're cancelling Christmas. (laughs) At least we haven't spent 30 years on a reality TV show without our consent, so... Small victories. What a wild concept the show. <laughs> so, so, obviously, like, before we jump into, like, the contextualising 1998, this show is obviously reacting to our namesake, obviously, the real world. Mm. I know what the real world is you know, it comes up if you absorb enough pop culture, but, like, the more obvious comparison for people in our Nick of the Woods would be Big Brother. See, this is about three years before Big Brother starts, isn't it? Sure, but in terms of trying to understand how this show would work, that is the place I would go to, because they are streaming it 24-7, unedited. But then, I don't know if it's a slip when writing the script, or Christoph Twice Says Episode when he's talking about I assume he just means like 24 hour period of time isn't it? I exercise. suppose but then I also was like alright what if they've got a channel that is 24-7 streaming the Truman show but then they also have like a they have a morning and evening sort of here are the highlights of the, of the day kind of show or like they make sure that something really exciting happens to Truman between 8 and 10pm every day or something I don't know but yeah I mean the other explanation would be he thinks in 24 hour chunks and in this episode we're going to have 19 hours of boring shit, but then five hours are going to be off the chain. <laughs> That's the thing, is, like obviously all these people are like watching these people's lives and as I said, like the,
0: the obvious comparison at this point in time is the real world, which is just, I think done seven seasons by this point, but obviously that is all edited footage into a limited-run TV series. Obviously, it's Big Brother a couple years later that goes for the full, like... I can't remember. In the first season of Big Brother, they didn't have, like, a sister channel just giving you, like, the most banal updates on these people. No, but it did grow to the point
1: that if you wanted, you could see... A 24-7 feed of Big Brother. I assume it was on like a 60-second delay or something in case people were fucking. You could, during the heights of Big Brother, if you so chose, watch it at any hour of the day. Or they would have a show on at like, what, like 9pm, 10pm yeah crazy a a fever dream that big brother was the biggest thing in the the country for a while (laughs) i was a huge fan of big brother for a little while and then there have been something like 20 seasons and and like more than half of them i'm not even aware existed because it like moved channels and it's that thing where like four there's a good kind of like five season run
0: yeah. for Big Brother where I feel like every single person who went into the Big Brother house is like a celebrity yeah. purely because they went on to Big Brother. Yeah
1: exactly yeah the era of you go into Big Brother you come out and now you're uh, a zoo or nuts model for a few years and you go on reality tv shows and you get your t4 hosting gig and all of these things don't exist anymore. <laughs> it's
0: that part where like why do I know the name Pete Bennett? (laughs)
1: yeah my favorite thing about big brother was that so for several seasons like no one had had sex and then they did teen big brother and instantly i think almost the first night some pair of teenagers had sex and it was like oh god oh god Bigger thing in like the
0: Danish Big Brother and stuff like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. like going to the continent because I feel like there's people who do like compilations of like here's the people fucking in the in the Big Brother house. <laughs> it's just bed sheets, just kind of like slowly rhythmically moving.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or as they say in the. <laughs> in the Truman Show. They just cut to the curtains and play some music. You don't see anything. And happens. yet, you still want to be the first child to wear the first conception on live television. That is such a funny bombshell to drop like, what, an hour and five minutes into the 90-minute movie? He's like, yes, I still hold out hope we will broadcast the first on-air conception. I want
0: this to exist forever where I have adopted... Uh, I, as a corporation, have adopted this person. Mm-hmm. They are my son. I will own his family.
1: Yes, the great grim reality of the job of Meryl. I am sure as often as possible she's like, oh, not tonight, I have a headache. But she has signed up to have sex with this man. <laughs> multiple like, times. On the, flip side of, on the flip side of this, you've got that thing where, like, God, so obviously
0: you have no Rick playing his best friend, Lewis, or, Marla, or Marlin, in the, yeah. in the Truman Show. Yeah. He is cast from the age of, what, four years old, they say?
1: Uh, yeah, he's like, we've been best friends since we were seven. So seven. So that means mm-hmm. this kid was like, seven years old gets put into the show, and that is his life. Well, like, we he assume it's him. the same kid, and they didn't, like, casually just swap child actors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like maybe it. if it was, like... Yeah, like, the, the grim reality of what these people are signing up for... If you're, if you're an extra, if you're his boss, if you're whoever, you can, you can come in, do your scenes, you can go home for the evening, you can have a life. Meryl in particular and possibly also Marlon, do they have to basically just live 24 7 in the show? Like, does Meryl go on, like, does she go out of town to visit her family? But then that would go against what they're trying to achieve by stopping him ever leaving but like, when does she ever like live an outside of the Truman Show life? When does she get to spend what I hope is a hell of a lot of money to do this horrific thing. But that's what my
0: the (laughs) the craziest thing is, like, you can imagine a world in which the actress playing Meryl has grown up watching Truman. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And then they put out the casting call for his girlfriend and you have this, like, parasocially I'm in love with this person. I know their entire life habits. Like, I'm going to I'm going to play the role of his wife because I actually love him because I know everything
1: about him. But then you can see, like, there is that contempt. He's, he, he, Truman is like, you can't stand me. And he finds that she crossed her fingers in their wedding vows, But yeah, I mean,
0: obviously that has to be, like, she signs up for this role, and then mm. ends up, like,
1: locked into it, and she is, like, trapped,
0: contractually yeah. obligated to be in this. And yeah, like,
1: and, like, I- presumably conversations have happened with Christoph of, like, yeah, you're gonna have a baby with him. And it's like, oh my god, like, imagine someone telling you that. <laughs> and, like, having to work up to it, and they're treating it as, like, not silver bullet, but, you know, this is a, this is our big upcoming season storyline or whatever, and they would have to think in those terms, and, like, you see when he... I mean, we're getting massively ahead of ourselves there, but, like, when, when they write the father back in, and you see Christoph directing it, and, like, Truman turning to camera and, and saying, Dad, as the music swells, and it's literally like a soap opera cliffhanger, and it's, like having to think in these terms is is horrible but then also it, it has the
0: play of like a soap opera cliffhanger and then in your head you think like this continues yeah in, <laughs> it, in a TV show you cut to advert or you finish the episode there and you get to come back at a non-described time mm. later whereas Truman show has to be like cool we've done the big reveal now we have to do the script dialogue for his dad
1: for yeah but like what that that's conversation is but that's what I mean is like I get the feeling that they, I mean, I guess this reflects real life, not much interesting happens to you at work, most of the, like, personal life things that happen to you happen in the evenings, but it seems like they schedule the events, quote-unquote, of of Truman's life to happen between, like, six and nine, or or eight and ten, or whatever, and it's like, Kristoff, as soon as they've done that reunion, he, he fucks off, and it's left to a skeleton staff to just, keep it ticking over while like people who are watching live are like oh yeah let's watch them drive home and yeah like, you have
0: that you have that like terrifying moment where they're like scoring truman whilst he sleeps I know. and there's a live pianist doing the music for them like, whilst they're, and you're like what is your job? Surely they've just got backed up music that they can pipe in at some point. Yeah,
1: I, that's it what I was thinking. Alive. Like, Yeah, you bring in the live musicians for, like, these big moments, like, the father comes back, but surely the rest of the time you are just going to a track. Surely. You say to yourself, no one will watch this, and then, as we've just talked about, Big Brother was the biggest fucking thing in the world. And there are people that watch them, like, all the time, not just the highlight shows. But then it's like, you know, during the times when he's just brushing his teeth or whatever, they just put him small picture-in-picture picture, and then they run VTs and stuff. And it's like, okay. I mean,
0: but that's,
1: and I have to assume the biggest boom of this movie is you have someone as charismatic as Jim Carrey. Yes, I, I actually wrote a note, aren't they lucky that Truman Burbank is equally as charismatic as Jim Carrey <laughs> and will just do little skits in the mirror for you? <laughs> what a stroke of luck, because if that's you or me, like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about what you do at home, but, like, personally, I don't do little skits skits in my mirror, just on the, at the moment it's At the moment, it's mostly singing Taylor Swift in the shower, which might right. be a rights nightmare for, like, the. Exactly. I know, like, do they just shelter him from music so that he never has to. Well, no, everything they give him is, like, from the 1950s, isn't it? Like, it's mm. all, all those old TV shows that probably don't have, like, actual rights to be shown. Yeah, it's all syndicated. Like, he loves I Love Lucy, and. and... Sorry, we are, like, so, so, so yeah, far no, so ahead. Let's, 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 let's veer back on. So, obviously, we just mentioned Jim
0: Carrey as yeah. the charismatic lead to this movie. I think. The wildest thing for me about this is to think that this is his eighth kind of leading man performance he got real big real fast (laughs) yeah so we have his his monster year of doing ace ventura pet detective the mask and dumb and dumber in the same 12 month window all of which like he got played progressively more through each of those movies Mm -hmm. so basically by the end of the year he's earning like tens of millions of dollars for dumb and dumber
1: and then Um, you, you gotta think they probably gave him a good chunk of change for batman he gets a sequel for Ace Ventura within, what, a year? It's like 18 months of the first movie. So Dude, he, shoots, like, he, shoots Ace, he shoots Ace Ventura Pet
0: Detective, then he mm. goes straight into The Mask, then before he's even signed up for Dumb and Dumber, I think both Ace, Ace Ventura and The Mask release, and yeah. basically they keep on having to give him more money to do Dumb and Dumber, because both of these movies have opened up and been, like, stupidly huge. Yeah. He then gets Batman as, like, the the second villain, fourth lead, third lead? I don't
1: even know where you put him in Batman I, I would call him third lead but second villain somehow two-faces presented as th- i don't know actually because they dispatch 2 Face pretty quickly and then it ends in him doing his i'm batman kind of thing i have a morbid love for that movie <laughs> yeah, and, and in particular the anecdote that tommy lee jones and and jim carrey ran into each other in a restaurant either during filming or shortly after and he goes over and gives him a big hug and Tommy Lee Jones just says to him I can't stand you, I cannot sanction your buffoonery and he just (laughs) has to just awkwardly smile and laugh it off and leave. Two more opposite people I cannot imagine.
0: Then you get the sequel to Ace Ventura as you said which is bad, the cable guy which is Hey, hey, it's less transphobic. (laughs) It is less transphobic. (laughs) And it has one of the greatest comedic scenes of all time of Jim Carrey coming out of the backside of a of a rhino then we follow up with the cable guy which is obviously like the first time that people are saying like what on earth is this mm. but i think jim carrey is obviously committing and going for something a little bit different i think that scares him a little bit he goes on to Liar liar which is basically just him doing that 1994 run again it's the jim carrey show It's him re-teaming with tom shadiak from mace matura so like trying to get that thing on and then then this is like this is kind of the first inkling we get of jim carrey dramatic act. Which, obviously, he continues on into, like, Man on the Moon and Eternal Sunshine.
1: I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his, his early stuff. There might be something in there that is serious. But, like, certainly since he becomes a name that people know, this is the first dip into serious acting on the first dip back into serious acting for sure and then he seems to like in the early 2000s try to really earnestly be like well I can be funny sometimes but I want to really make a go of it as an actor kind of thing and he's it's good just, but like it's just sometimes the projects aren't there it's just it's just weird to look at his
0: career because it really is like this is almost like the halfway point where it's like he's got a few more years of kind of like nothing but huge hits like How the Grinch Saw Christmas Bruce Almighty all, all those movies have like really huge posting on like his charismatic personality and then kind of after that he kind of disappears for a while and well i mean he does eternal sunshine
1: (laughs) i'm not as like in terms of these kind of like huge comedic roles yeah like you see him try and recapture it with something like yes man and mr poplar's penguins which feel like they were kind of engineered to like bring him back to what he was when neither of them really land I kind of like number 23 softly like I know everyone thinks it's bad but I'm like eh, I kind of like this and then it's just a yeah. lot of sequels and reboots and cameos and I that yeah, he is very good in Sonic the Hedgehog because he's like fully committed to it Commenting
0: in deciding to play Joe Biden in the election run-up on SNL.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Truly cannot be understated, a titan in both of our youths. One of the most recognisable faces on the planet. Um, and by all accounts, he seems like he's a pretty good dude by celebrity standards. Uh, no, some pretty shady
0: political stuff. All like, like really? oh, okay. he's on things recently.
1: Okay. Uh, he, I he's mean, he's vaccine vaccine sceptic. Oh, no. Anyway, all celebrities are bad is probably a good thing to assume. <laughs> yeah, so that's our Jim Carrey context. Let's get
0: into the wider 1998 context. So, Matthew, what yes. was nominated to have the Oscars this year, and why
1: is it a travesty that Trimshaw is not nominated for Best Picture or Best Leading Actor? Fucking look at this, this tragedy of a nominee's list. Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, The Thin Red Line, and the winner, Shakespeare in Fucking Love which is a perfectly okay movie, but not an Oscar winning Best Picture by any stretch. We all know why that movie wins Best Picture. Yes but it's still bullshit.
0: What's your favourite flavour of war movie? Is it Terrence Malick or is it Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Neither, but I suppose <laughs> Spielberg.
1: Yeah, Spielberg wins Best Director. Peter Weir does get nominated for Best Director um, for The Truman Show, so, you know, there's something there. Obviously, Jim Carrey doesn't get a looking at leading actor because a comedian at the Oscars, etc, etc. Robbed, both the movie yeah. and Jim Carrey. Like I don't, It feels like it's one of those things where it's obvious that
0: it's on the Oscars wavelength, to give Peter Weir the Truman Show nod for directing. Yeah, and, and Ed
1: Harris gets a Best Supporting Actor nomination, and it's like, I mean, he's he's, he's good in this, but, like, are you actually going to tell me that, like, when we look at the actors in the Truman Show, it's Ed Harris that's the standout? Like, no, it's it's, it's fucking Jim Carrey. I can't
0: imagine it is somewhat that my whole idea of, like, it's so early on in terms of Jim Carrey's leading man career, yeah. and are they going, like, he's just a bit too... Right. He's the wacky <laughs>
1: funny man. We can't reward that. Will Ferrell will be here every year.
0: Important note is that the Glo- Globes do give him best actor. in drama picture. Good. Justice. Yeah. Frequently, I mean,
1: the Golden the, Globes seem to get it a little bit more right than the Oscars, but...
0: The Globes have got that comedy category that means they can nominate these kind of performances. Obviously, the Globes are trash, but <laughs> in this situation, they gave Jim Carrey Best Actor Drama, and they gave Ed Harris Best Supporting Actor, so, like, it's obvious that they were kind of more mm-hmm. switched on, but yeah. Wild
1: is neither, like, neither up for Best Picture or up for uh, Best Actor. Just some bullshit. Like, I, I can vaguely understand that they don't like comedians, but how how in one of the softest best picture categories ever how does it not get a look in? I know everyone spends their time being like how does Shakespeare in, in Love win over Saving Private Ryan but like how does the Truman Show not even get on the list like? Mm. But Matt surely it did super well at the box office? Um, surely in top 10 highest grossing movies of 1998? Yes if you can't count very well and you ignore one of the th- movies in the top 10 because it is number 11. $264 million which, you know, pretty good and, like, so, like, domestically it's 125 so, like, the Jim Carrey market is there globally but, yeah, I mean, it, it loses out on that top 10 of Armageddon at number 1, Saving Private Ryan, Godzilla, There's Something About Mary, A Bug's Life, Deep Impact, Mulan, Dr. Doolittle, Lethal Weapon for... And Shakespeare in love. I like
0: that Dr. Dolittle's the Doctor Doolittle's—the one that you are surprised by. Ugh. <laughs> um, a little bit. That's, that's, that fucking sucks. I don't um, know if you—I don't know if you can tell, but like Eddie Murphy was a big deal in 1998.
1: Yeah, and so was Jim Carrey. <laughs> that's true. Lethal Weapon 4 making that much money as an R-rated movie is kind of impressive but yeah, Truman Show a respectable 11th, you know it beats out You've Got Mail and many other things, obviously Yeah, Um, I mean, it's definitely a very memorable movie from this
0: year, lots of people see and you have to assume people are seeing it because it's Jim Carrey
1: Yeah, and and it opened really strong it opened straight away at number 1 with $31 million ahead of A Perfect Murder, Godzilla, Hope Floats Deep Impact, The Horse Whisperer Bullworth, some movie with a bow that goes underwater uh, I got the hookup and quest for Camelot as Ben pointed out Titanic in its 25th week moves up from number nine to number eight it it has momentum in its 25th week somehow and, and at this point it's made 581 million almost 582 million of its eventual was it almost was it two billion i mean that's obviously dom- domestically only ends, uh, ends up at 601 so it's right, almost right. done right okay domestic box office. yeah gotcha 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 i was gonna say 25 i know it was a monster but 25 weeks to be making hundreds of millions is insane so yeah, I mean, it opened really strong, and like for me, this was a movie like everyone I know loves this movie. It, it was like a movie that everyone sort of discovered for the first time in their sort of teenage years, and were like, "Oh my god, the Truman Show is so fucking good!" So it's 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 got cultural impact. IMO, it did decent money, got robbed of some Oscars. Surely it's it's considered though by the by Critics Choice one of the most acclaimed movies of the year, though, right? I
0: mean, it is seen as being the the 12th most acclaimed movie of, of, of 1998.
1: Um, I personally set out to make things that are considered the 12th best anything, you know? <laughs> Just missing out on the top 1,000 of this list, that I look at 1,119
0: all the movies ever. Oh, uh, right, okay. Behind uh, Histoire du Cinema by Jean-Luc Godard, by, uh, Behind the Thin Red Line, Behind the Big Lebowski, that's favourite movie. <laughs> It's, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, behind Thomas Vinterberg's Feston, uh, Flowers of Shanghai, Rushmore, Afterlife, Saving Private Ryan, The Idiots, Central Station, and The Blair Witch Project. It's certainly a more interesting list than what's up at the Oscars.
1: Sure. I don't know if I want to really continue going to these lists if they're going to tell me The Truman Show isn't in the 1,000 best movies of all time.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit stunned by that. I mean, maybe it's, again, you have to remember that this list is, like, there's a lot of stuffy critics, and I feel like there's a lot of people who are kind of our age who are just getting into movie criticism who would have this as, like, one of their top three or four movies of the year that might sway this needle as time goes on but so many of these lists are obviously done by like critics in their 60s and 70s who will have like the, the top 10 that everyone knows it's going to be Vertigo it's going to be mm. um, something by Kurosawa it's going to be and Kane and as like, I... time goes on you're going to get more and more of the modern movies that are appealing to people who are younger or like who are more willing to put movies that were
1: on in their formative childhood years mm. on a list of the best ever yeah oh for sure like I mean you can look at the list that has been generated this volume and, and I've done a lot of that and there'll be one Next week where I, I like the movie a lot and I, but I am having a sort of like how did I get this on here? <laughs> But yeah, like, it's not the same at all. But I feel it has a little certain something in common with Starship Troopers when it comes to the sort of lampooning capitalism kind of thing. And I, mean, just... I mean,
0: what, it was, Popular Mechanics has called it one of the ten most prophetic science fiction films ever. And it's crazy to think, as we have spent a lot of time discussing, it's crazy how prophetic it is in a short-term yeah. view of things, where it's literally like, obviously the real world exists, and then two years later you've got, like, Big Brother and Survive, it's it's like the biggest tv
1: shows in england and in america yeah it's weird (laughs) (laughs) it obviously is sci-fi like it it, it, it's some of the most pure sci-fi there is but like it almost feels strange to talk about it in terms of sci-fi because we've just been so trained to think sci-fi equals aliens guns lasers teleportation it's like no sci-fi it's emphasis on the sci and like this could happen and like is spun out from a twilight zone episode is this is this our chance to talk Andrew Nicholl? Because what a wild career Andrew <laughs> Nicholl has Go on, then So Andrew Nicholl,
0: obviously, he wrote Skatica in 1997. He then writes, uh, writes and directs Scatika. Writes Truman shows a spec script, easily his best movie. Mm. He does that movie Simone, which is Al Pacino falling in love with a computer program. Of course. He does the terminal, as the story for Tom Hanks gets stuck in an airport terminal for two hours.
1: I love that there's a story credit for, I mean, I know everything has a story credit, but it's like, come on.
0: He does Lord of War, yeah. for Nicholas Nicolas Cage movie. Uh-huh. Um, he then does In Time, the movie where, what if time was currency?
1: Yes, what if Justin Timberlake's mum dropped dead in front of him because they both, <laughs> because she ran out of time that she was supposed to borrow from him.
0: A fascinating, fascinating concept, absolutely butchered in its execution. And then the only one of his movies I've seen of this is The Host, which is like the Stephanie Meyer movie that they make because Twilight is so hot, which is yeah. one of the most painfully boring movies that I've ever seen. At least Twilight has edge. And... <laughs> Whereas The Host is like, what if Saoirse Ronan, we made her the least charismatic person we possibly could. And it's like, God, Saoirse, I'm so sorry. What, what, what if? if what if? Like
1: bright blue special effects everywhere huh huh yeah didn't think about that did you but yeah like he he's the master of excellent idea poor execution
0: so it's no wonder that his script for truman show is the only one of his script i feel which is great idea great execution is because it's some other fucking director who's actually
1: delivering the goods yeah and like you are like heavily riffing (laughs) (laughs) on something someone else already made for the twilight zone the key difference being when the guy discovers he's on a tv show he elects to stay in it because he prefers it and he turns down his back pay for being on the show and and a chance to to leave it and everything and he stays in the show very different ending here but yeah you reckon Truman has because they're obviously paying him a wage. All of that is very fascinating to me. Like, why did they pick insurance agent? Is this, like, considered the, the, like, the aspirational 50s nuclear family bog standard job like did they have to put any consideration into we should give him an exciting job so we've got good TV does the job really like produce a lot of content are we literally watching him make phone calls and fill out paperwork all day like very interesting to me personally the thing is like I mean obviously the movie starts with like the thing I find funniest about all of
0: this is obviously the, the backbone of this entire movie is Truman slowly figuring out he's in a TV show which started from really the age of 18 years Old when he falls in love with Sylvia, aka Lauren, in the world, in this world, wow. and basically like that very long tale of him unraveling what happened to this girl who was claimed to run off to Fiji, and <laughs> like. It's wild to me to think that like this is part of the greatest hits thing. Like if I was the Truman show, I'd be trying to hide that to the best of my abilities, but they're like, No, no, we need to milk it for the drama. She's never allowed back onto the show. However, we are gonna like include this clip of him having this conversation on this beach when her dad comes up and like steals her away. Well,
1: it's for context, isn't it? It's like they can't hide anything. Like it all happened in front of everyone twenty-four-seven, and like long time viewers will remember this, and like it probably did really good Good rate rating. Like, Christoph, like, in the height of the disaster is like, we're getting higher ratings for this graphic that says, stand by, than we have for the show, and it's like, when things go slightly wrong, it probably is really exciting as the audience, and like, I actually like that as a concept, because we get, like, an actual triggering, driving force of him finally discovering, but you get innocent things like, a light falls from the sky and smashes in front of him, and then they improvise and go, oh, a plane was shedding debris, and it's like... That kind of stuff must happen all the time, because, like, you can look at it as like, oh, they're not very good at this, but it's like, logistically, trying to keep this thing running, must be inconceivable so there must all the time there must be near misses and like they show that montage of like you know oh yeah we've had a few people try and invade the show and <laughs> it's easier when he's a kid and you can just tell a kid anything but someone bursting out of a present and saying you're on tv <laughs> you reckon they took a couple of years like they saw the show as a huge hit and then they're like right
0: now that we know that people are actually interested in this kid's life we're going to transfer him from child with no memories into this <laughs> giant dome built behind the Hollywood side. Possibly.
1: Because you can't start this show when you have the giant fucking dome in, in L.A., no, 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 like, that, that, that would be ridiculous. And, like, you see that scene of, like, when he's a kid and they won't let him crawl over a pile of rocks, and it's like, but when you see how big the set, quote-unquote, is in the show as an adult, it's like, they've set it up so he will never cross that bridge. But when he does cross the bridge, there is, like, a few, a little bit of road and, like, trees and a, a forest. And it's not like, as soon as he's over the bridge, he's at the edge of the boundary. Like, they've made sure to b- build plenty of stuff and, like, He must have been sailing for a little while for them to not even see he was sailing. So yeah, they've made the, the area huge and I assume they transferred him into that as it got bigger and bigger. I mean, you don't actually want to see it because it would ruin the magic, but so many sort of questions around, like, life before we hit opening credits of this movie. (laughs) Like, like, what does this show look like up until this point, and how do they pull it all off? And I like that it's like, the cameras are right there, but because he's grown up with objects that look like that, he does not question it. That there's like a little black circle on most objects in the world. <laughs> like the, the neighbor's trash. And, like, doesn't his wedding ring have a little camera in it?
0: Yeah, there's cameras everywhere that they've built in. My favorite yeah. little thing, and it feels so low now, is mm. them going, oh, yeah, there's 5,000 cameras in this world. And it's like, yeah. it's got to be more than
1: that. You would think. <laughs> but, I mean, it is just an island. And it's like, so he works in insurance. He lives on a tiny island <laughs> where, that he has never left. Unless they somehow faked a, a vacation for him as a which, kid. Which keeps whatever.
0: getting voted the best place in
1: America. Yes, yes. A great place to live, says his, his licence plate. And, and, and like, Marlon making sure to be like, Oh, I went all over. I never found anywhere like this, though. Are they just giving him fake clients in other cities that he's never been to, in other countries he's never been to, to sell insurance Well, I mean, obviously to. there's the
0: bit where, he, like, he has a holiday and they take the photo next to Mount
1: Rushmore and <laughs> it's
0: just, like, this tiny model of Mount Rushmore. Yeah, people...
1: they they faked him some holidays, like, you get on a plane and you make all the noises and make sure he keeps the window down and everything. just shake it a bit and be like, oh, we're landing now, you can open the, the thing. Obviously they have, they could fake it for him even better, if not for the fact that, to make it a more compelling tv show it must vaguely resemble the world we know so it's like if they wanted to they could tell him nothing exists off the outside of this island there is no Chicago there is no America there is no other countries there are 500 people in the whole world like they could just completely curate his his experience, his understanding of the world planes don't exist buses don't exist and then he would just you know, he would accept it almost totally, or it would be much harder for him to get out. But yeah, like, you like, wanted he to would... resemble the world that the audience knows, so that obviously there are some 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 conceits that to make sure he doesn't <laughs> escape. But yeah, I, I think that's an interesting dichotomy.
0: It's it's the interesting part is like they have to give all this stuff, and he isn't inclined to try and leave until they give him something that he can't have, and it becomes a question of like free will, where it's like. Yeah. They decide that they're going to cast people to be the people in
1: his life yeah. and yet he is still a real person with real feelings who falls in love with someone because that, he likes what they look. Yeah, that that I found myself really fascinated by in a way I hadn't until I watched it last night of like, to some degree they are programming a human being in that we, we are influenced by the people we meet, we pick up expressions from people that we know we mould a sense of humour there is a sense of individuality to it obviously, and like people react to things differently but within some degree of reason all his little catchphrases they have arguably put into his head and they're programming a person but then on the other side of it there is that the individuality and the, and then you know the human spirit and all that and like all of these actors like it's not like they can script every one of their lines of dialogue they will be fed some key scenes to say and stuff but like they have to improvise to whatever he's going to say all of that I find very very interesting I, I love how they like are seeding all the things that are going to be their actual like
0: season before obviously the show kind of goes off the rails and he's exactly. Out. and you have Peter Krause being his boss and being like oh you need to sell more insurance and it's like well obviously that's going to be like we
1: I've got budget thing. cuts coming oh will Truman get a new job or get promoted or get fired and yeah
0: yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're, they're spinning their wheels whilst they try and get the conception off the ground, and they're like, <laughs> right, cool, we'll give, we'll give some tension at work, and basically have
1: Truman maybe be at risk of being fired. I'm just spitballing here, but, like, what if they can't conceive? Like, does Christoph fire her from the show by engineering a split-up of the marriage and then bring in a new love interest who's more fertile? Or, like, do they fake the pregnancy? Or, like, you know, all this sort of stuff. It's like, what would they do? Like, because... The Christoph character is fascinating because it's like, this guy is a complete monster, like devoid of any shred of morality. And you could completely see him he sees every one of these people as just a, a prop on his, uh, you know, a tool on his show, and they're getting in the way of his narrative by not performing it as he wants, and it's like... It would be way- you know, it's a 90-minute movie, and while there is some darkness to it, for the most part, it is a breezy, funny thing. So, I mean, we can't really drift into, like, Christoph, <laughs> like, condemning Meryl for not being able to get pregnant territory. So much to consider around the periphery <laughs> of it. Even if it does, you know, as I said, it's a 90-minute breezy movie, please bring those back and and most of it is him finally escaping
0: i can't tell whether or not this movie is like does it like just track completely or have i seen this movie so many times that it's just built into my brain Like, i'm not saying that like there's like lapses in logic but i'm like could i say the plot of this movie and have it be well obviously this is what the plot of the movie is even though it's obviously like a speculative science fiction film
1: yeah yeah i mean like you said it's one that we've all grown up with we've all watched it dozens and dozens and dozens of times and it's like yeah this all just fits perfectly into place because you know this is just day ten thousand and whatever and just the 90 minutes we follow is him finally learning the truth and 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 escaping but it's like (laughs) i mean
0: my favorite my favorite little wrinkle to this movie is you have all the cuts away to people who are watching it and obviously i feel like (laughs) the most notable one is that they they do the hat tips that this is a worldwide phenomenon people are watching this in every country in the world and so you get the, the obligatory kind of like very obvious like asian household that uh-huh. they're watching, trying to things. repeat his catchphrase and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the diner oh, the, the, the truman bar or whatever yeah, yeah. where uh-huh. like they play it 24 7 every single time they cut to it it feels like it's a different kind of day that there shouldn't be that many people attending it <laughs> really when he's escaping yeah that no mix of does. people celebrating and being devastated last thing is like most people seem to be very happy for him that he's finally getting out and like it feels like it's a really good season finale and I can't imagine Christoph would have actually been able to write a better series finale for the show than Truman manages to get out and recover to his true love
1: well what but, they don't show you is five feet from that black door it's just some very large men in suits who just trank him and then they lobotomize him and put him straight back in that's what they don't show you but yeah and like I, I they obviously don't have a huge amount of time for the world outside the Truman you know they have their their set cutaways to to see these people's lives and i actually think it's interesting that for the most part especially in the first hour conceivably every camera shot is a camera shot from the show and all of that but then they do make that choice to cut away to the real people and then i don't know if they felt they were running out of steam or they'd they'd taken it as far as they could go but they made that decision an hour in to show that video package that drops that little bit that last connects those last few dots and, and explains it of like, yeah, this is what the Truman Show is and here's an interview with Christoph, and it, then it does seem to move to more of a, you know, we go back and forth. There are a couple of shots where it's like, I'm not convinced that's that could be from a camera. But, for the most part, they do that.
0: Clip package is such an interesting part of the movie. Yeah. Because it really is. You are so thoroughly in the world of Truman that you get no outside, no outside information. Yeah. And then it's like, when you finally get, like, here's who Kristoff is, you've heard that name mentioned, but you haven't really met Ed Harris at this point. Yeah, like, he, um, he's in the
1: first shot, and then he fucks off for the best part of an hour. <laughs> he's so memorable and has such a large impact on the movie that I was actually surprised that I wasn't seeing him until an hour. And I was like, I mean, I've seen the movie, and all the there's nothing that's happened that like goes against my memory and yet i wouldn't tell you if you asked me in a year's time that he doesn't show up for an hour that clip shows really interesting and i was gonna say like they do what they can with environmental storytelling when you go to sylvie's or sylvia is it sylvia or sylvia sylvia i think when you see her watching and she calls in and like and like has the argument with christoph she has posters on her wall that are like you know free truman and it's like okay you don't need to show me the like, rallies, and then, like, that this is a thing. But you could... Of course this would be a movement. Like, anything like this. There would be a not inconsiderate amount of people that are like, yeah. this is fucking wrong and bullshit. How gross <laughs> is
0: it that a corporation was able
1: to adopt yeah. a baby and then make a fake life for it? Yeah, exactly. For yeah, our right. entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I like that they do that little touch, that she's got those posters there to sort of hint at what the world is like outside of our chosen sort of six people's apartments. I, so
0: the the two things that I really love about this Clip Show package are, I love Ed Harris's performance. Oh, God. He's got such kind of, like, caring dad vibes, but in that, like, caring, abusive dad kind of way, where it's like, I'm just doing what's best for you. Like, this is, this is what you need to have. And, like, the fact that Dennis Hopper was originally going to play this role, I
1: can only imagine (laughs) he would have given it a lot more edge yeah, just full-on cool. sociopath rather yeah, than the sort know, of what? subtle one that is hiding under the pretense of art and everything. Do you think he's sending someone up, like a, a, a pretentious director he may have worked with, or is this just a whole cloth creation?
0: I mean, I mean I'd mean, i love it for it to be Scott Rudin, but he's not
1: right. <laughs> it to be Scott Rudin. So. Yeah. I really love, like, in the interview with, with Harry Shearer, Mr Burns himself, when he's like, how are you going to explain the absence? And he just goes, amnesia. And, and then uh, there's a pause. He's like, "Brilliant!" It's just like it's so perfectly pitched that like I mean, I mean, this guy yeah, takes I mean, this deadly seriously, but for intents and purposes, he's just writing the world's poshest soap opera. Like, well, what's the thing is like when you watch Big
0: Brother, obviously, like they inject things in for tension, yeah, but like it's a step below soap opera it's mm. it's we have hired people who we have like psychologically profiled who are gonna like riff on ways that are gonna be like interesting to watch like they're gonna rub this person up the wrong way they're gonna yeah, you gotta
1: this... got fuck with people it's i feel there were some people who are like oh we should just watch them and just see what happens it's like no 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 that show would be fucking boring you have to fuck with them like you have to inject things that make it interesting and they don't quite do that to truman but like they, there's certainly a level of like guiding his experience and i like that you know they've cultivated this feeling in him of leaving the town and it's like you can't just do that and rely on it We, you have to give him a top up every now and then so he is for work, ordered to go- to leave the island, and they he's they <laughs> on a pier, a boat. and there's a fucking sunken boat right next to him. It's like, you know, he has to get his every so often, you know, and to make it feel authentic to him that no one is trying to stop him leaving unless he tries to leave. Like, if he just sits back and does nothing, people will, like, mention leaving, and then it just won't happen for whatever reason. I think all of that is very interesting. Christoph uh, is, is is monstrous and, like, dismissing any kind of... Like, like oh, I've given Truman a, a wonderful life. but it's like, you didn't ask him. It was the key part here that you seem to not be considering. And that, like, at the end of it... Well, that his studio is in the fucking moon. Like, they call <laughs> it, like, Luna 1 or whatever. Or the 23rd floor of Luna whatever. And then at the end, when, like, he finally concedes he can't kill Truman on air... And he speaks to him. It's framed he's as God, he's talking he's God. to God. Yeah. <laughs> like The clouds are parting and he's talking to God. A fascinating character as he's like caressing the screen as he's talking to Truman and stuff like that. I do believe in some really weird warped way he does love him but I don't think he loves him like a person loves a person. I think he loves him like a He sees him more of like a pet. Yeah, he's a pet, he's his art project, you know, all of this. He's like, you are the culmination of my life's work so I I have affinity for you but like, he does not consider him a sentient human being Um, otherwise he wouldn't do this, I would hope. Uh, A key thing, I think, is, like... Like you said, that this is this perfect 50s nuclear town. I think they filmed it in one of those places in Florida that's, like... It's not celebration, but it's, like, celebration-adjacent, like, a manufactured town... And, like, everything is so perfect, and, and I think the twins pushing him up against billboards so you can see the latest advert is, like, probably the earliest I ever was consciously aware of, like, the meta aspect of advertising, you know? like
0: The most on-the-nose product placement, I think, because obviously, like, so many of the early ones are, as you say, like, the twins pushing him against the wall, mm. and, like, the tension before they take the insurance. <laughs> tension. <laughs> It's like what they have to inject these little tiny bits of like, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: the daytime just, crowd, the people who are who don't have jobs or or, or, or don't work in the day, they've got to have yeah. something.
0: <laughs> and then when Meryl comes home and she like holds up the peeler and is just like, <laughs> wow, look at this. This peeler does everything that I wanted to
1: do. I love that. I love they do a slow zoom on her as well. You know, all of that, and I love that she does a couple of them. The first one he just he thinks nothing of. The second one he's like, okay, and then the third one he's like. Who are you talking to? (laughs) <laughs> like this isn't how humans talk to each other. I, but
0: it's those little things where, like, it's it's the cocoa one where obviously like Truman goes insane and like tries to kill her with the knife, wow, or like threatens to kill her with the knife afterwards. Yeah. And then like when they've calmed it all down and they put away to him drinking cocoa the next morning, all along the bottom they put the exact same like ad copy that she was forced to read out, like scrolling the bottom of the screen. And it's like oh, it's it's so good that like the advertisers just want to be on the show. Yeah, like absolutely when when Marlon drinks the beer and like just looks at Truman Mm, this is
1: showing the logo to camera all of that a good skill
0: I mean I'm glad that they kind of do away with the ad breaks like they they kind of like once they've done the the hot chocolate advert Mm like they're kind of done with it as a concept and I think the only time it comes back I, c- I can't remember if it's before or after that in the movie but like when they're having the interview with Harry Shearer and he's basically just like and of course everything in the show is purchasable from the, the Truman catalogue so operators like, are
1: standing by to take your calls yeah
0: Yeah. if you see a piece of furniture you like you can buy it and yeah. own it and make yeah. your house look like a Truman show and then they cut away to the person who's got like a doll house that is Truman's house and it's mm-hmm. like as you said, it's the ultimate critique, of, <laughs> ultimate critique of capitalism just in terms the fact that like everything is a product yeah. this man's life is a product everything in this world is a product you yeah. can buy it and have it at home with you Absolutely. and live out yeah. your own
1: Truman show yeah he's living in a dollhouse basically yeah and like you know we're, we're jumping all around the movie but like I think it's that kind of movie which just like there's so much about it I truly I think my favourite maybe not my favourite scene because I mean the boat and the edge of the the world is iconic but like one of my favourite moments is when he first starts to truly consider it and he like goes into his work and comes back out and he's silent for like I don't know three minutes and it's just the music is building and he's just looking at people and they're all like just rolling with it but obviously you would panic as an actor so he's been a bit weird and like as he's just walking around and staring at people and like trying to puzzle this out I think he's so good there and like the rising main. Europeania as he becomes more and more convinced he's being watched and he's trying to convince other people, blissfully unaware that they're in on it, obviously. And like, you know, when he goes to Marlin in the store and he's like, look, and he like claps and no one reacts because they've been so trained to like not stare at Truman kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, this is really fucking weird, isn't it? And of course, you know, predicting the traffic and conjuring traffic from thin air and and all of the bullshit reasons that come up to prevent him from leaving and and forcing Merrill. to... To, like, save her own life by closing his eyes and and, and accelerating. And a forest fire that appears literally in the road. All so, 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 so good. And then, you know, it does get a little bit like... Like, his perfect escape. On some level, is he just completely lucky? Or has he puzzled out roughly where the cameras might be or something because it's like he coincidentally or not has found the perfect way to trick them he has created an angle where he can crawl he can he can put the inflatable snowman under a bed play a recording of him sleeping crawl out of camera shot and escape up he's got got like a hole in a cupboard that goes onto the lawn And then he makes it past all these people, and it's like, surely on some level there would be a job where you are basically security, but within the world. So you basically just sit. Maybe not at the end of his street, but maybe the street next to the end of his street. It's (laughs) it's hard to tell because it feels like the movie is setting up that he is planning the escape
0: for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: because he pretends that he's just accepted it and he's gone back to doing all this, you know, doing and saying everything they expect him to, and they're like, oh. Phew, we got over that by bringing his father back into it and everything. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he is. Even with the, like, he's when he's
0: gardening. Yeah, he's clearly digging the movie, he, Yeah, he's clearly doing recon work there. But it's like, I feel like he isn't. A, he's aware that everything is fake. Mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't
1: say anything that makes him aware that there are cameras everywhere. Sure. I mean, I think he knows people are watching him. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think he's considered this as a television show people are watching, but I do think he thinks people are surveilling him. But it's just, it, it's like how conceivably when you are, this entire show revolves around you, and I know, like, you know, it's the middle of the night, Christoph isn't even there, it's, like, two people, and they're not actually even paying attention, and most of the actors are probably not doing anything at what is supposed to be, in in show, it's supposed to be, like, 11, 12 at night, or, or, well, no, it can't be that late, because Marlon goes around with beers, but, you know, like, 10, 11 at night, something like that. How could he possibly have done this? How could he have gotten away? How can no one have seen him go? And they even have a fucking camera on the boat that he sails away. Surely all vehicles that are capable of taking him away would have some sort of like this vehicle is moving alert kind of thing but you know you you just have to go with it at a certain point
0: is that part of like we don't have like motion sensing cameras in 1998 so we're not even thinking of that technology sure Mike, i just it? you know
1: at, at a certain point if you poke too many holes in sci-fi like you know you're, you're ruining the fun
0: but this movie made now is probably way too caught up in the actual technology behind yeah,
1: everything and it's probably insufferable but just like the general conceit is so strong and he is the perfect person to do it because as i said as he's just like a bit of a goof of a man who you can understand why people would watch him go about his everyday life and then as he starts to put the clues together, that rising mania, that, like, attempt to rebel against the system, and, like, they don't like it when I'm unpredictable, and you've got the world's most unpredictable improvisational actor. So, yeah, he, he is perfect for that, as he's, like, screaming and, like, just doing weird shit, and then, like, the triumphant sail to victory kind of thing, and, like, I, we've talked several times in this volume about like iconic shots that were like everywhere and truman walking along the edge of the water towards those stairs that you know perspective hides um another just incredibly iconic moment yeah absolutely i mean it's Peter was a good director. He is.
0: With so many iconic shots, and it's obviously, like, his follow-up to this is Master and Commander, which, I mean, I'm not, not saying that, like, they're, they're the same in any way, shape, or form, but, like, it's obviously, like, he's got a very good technical eye for making like, things that, like, look really impressive, even though, like, he made it a entire movie on a set on a fucking boat, like, <laughs> because we haven't touched it. Natasha McElhane, mm. who, Play sylvia like a really good kind of like this is this is like her fourth movie role but like just a really good kind of like emotional piece of this movie it doesn't have a lot to do outside of her scenes where she's actually in the truman show but like i don't just you can tell why truman wants to go after her there's mm-hmm. just enough there for it not to feel weird that he's become hung up on this woman um, 12 years and is like ripping up
1: magazines trying to recreate her face Well, (laughs) and speaking of which, do you think they just took some pictures of her with different, like, filters and lighting and, like, cut them up and... It's obviously not a one-to-one of her, but those those have to be her eyes, I would think. Um, yes. Anyway, um, I think it goes back to what you were saying of, like, you can do as much as you want to cultivate this experience. You cannot account for human individuality, and you can push Meryl as a character on him and have her, like, flirt outrageously with him. Sometimes you just you see a person across the room and you're like, oh. Hello. <laughs> it's like, you know, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting of like, you know, I have to go see about a girl. Like, you know, it just happens and like you can't people talk about having types and all of this and you can try and find someone's perfect person, but at the end of the day, sometimes someone just catches your eye, and like he can't he can't shake her in the short term. And then for something so dramatic to happen that she makes a vague attempt to, to clue him in for the first time in his adult life that um that this is all by the way, she has a fucking terrible job of she knows she has limited time. At no point does she say television. At no point does she say, like... you know, She's just like, it's not real, it's all for you. And it's like, that is so vague, and I can see how they got away with pl- trying to play her off as, as, as not mentally well. Like, oh, you're not but the also, first. Like, <laughs> like,
0: because, it's the, because it's the 1950, like, nuclear town and all the rest of it, like, yeah. uh, there has to be that weird element of, does he have the vocabulary mm. to understand what's going on? Like, if you said well, you're true. An- is he going to be like, what do you mean? Like, I love Lucy? Like, yeah. no. Reason track or anything
1: like that what what on earth are you on true true you and i i think that's a huge part of it like you have to give him something that resembles the real world like i said you can't just not have cars and and stuff like that but you do have to within reason like clip off the things that like could clue him in on it so like he can never discover like the internet and reality tv (laughs) you can see why you know like beyond just like he met her and he had a crush on her all of the other incidents, you can play off as like, oh, he was a child when this person tried to expose him. They can just... That might be buried somewhere deep in his subconscious, but, like, you can mostly get away with that. This is him at 18, allegedly, but looking 45, being told this is not real, and she's, like, leading him away and, like, trying taking advantage of where the cameras are, and, like, you know... This is a surreal experience that stuck with him, and they, they, they can see he's making the collage of her face. They know that it has stuck with him. And I guess they're just like, well she's not here anymore, so it doesn't really matter what he does, and like, you know, when he tries to find her in Fiji, they're like, oh, I'm not listed, kind of thing. Yeah, or even down to, like, when he
0: goes to get the flight, and then she's just like, oh, there's no flights to Fiji for a month, and it's like...
1: I know, and it's like, you know, is there, are the flights anywhere? Tomorrow? The day after? The week after? Two weeks? And I guess at some point they would let him book a flight and then cancel it last minute or whatever, but it's just like... Yeah, like they, would, they would just do on the day of the flight, and there would be a storm, or they would, like, yeah. <laughs> do what they do with the bus driver, where the
0: bus driver just makes some noises and says that it's broken. <laughs> puts it in and out of gear until the engine explodes, essentially.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a problem everyone off, and everyone in a second is on their feet and getting their case. Not one person is going, oh, what, and staying. Like, they are all just rank and file off the bus, and, you know, the, the little girl on the bus, like, child act. It does seem there are not many children around and I guess that's because children are a liability to do what that little girl does stay yeah around. it has to be like
0: the most regular child actor has to be the neighbour opposite yeah yeah like yeah. he says good morning to you every day Also, yeah. sorry says good morning to you good afternoon
1: good evening and good night yeah but like with it you know you can't have no children he can't be like what the fuck is a child <laughs> but like I would imagine they give him a life where he doesn't come across children very often and to bring it all back to the beginning sort of it's just dawned on me the horror of like I mean you said it like they wouldn't be hiring another actor like they would have a second Truman as the baby basically (laughs) Like, like the child would be born into the world and like Oh my god, terrifying. But yeah, just just such a good movie. So many, like, tiny moments. We could basically just recite everything that happens at some point. But, like, just very well realised. The perfect star to have in it. Um, and they've, they've filled it with so many little moments that are just really engaging. And, like, you know, right down to, like, he listens to talk radio. Everyone talks back to the... Well, not everyone. But, you know, you see people who, like, talk back to the radio as if you're having a conversation with them. And the aim of talk radio is to feel like they're your friend talking to you, and he literally is just talking to him. And that's, oh, you thinking about flying? Nope. Good, because we got some really bad statistics about flying. Just great and criminally unrecognized.
0: I feel like it is. I feel like I feel like we've just kind of like picked up a bad something where like it is acclaimed. It's just yeah. it not worked its way into, like, the actual lists yet. Like, I, maybe,
1: uh, yeah, I feel like if you talk to actual people, everybody fucking loves this movie. It's just for whatever reason. People haven't re-looked at their lists, and it got snubbed at the Oscars, but many movies get snubbed at the Oscars, and... Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the other thing is it feels like even even doing, like, I'm
0: working through, like, the thousand best movies of the of the 2010s, but, like, even the 2010s movies that are on the, like, 1,000 greatest movies of all time, there's, like, five. There are only five movies that people say were made in the last ten years that are worthy of being, like, a 1,000 greatest movies of all time. <laughs> like, Is this true, or is it the fact that you've just got this so many cumulative lists of things yeah. from, that have been made over time, that, like... I all, think
1: people have a real difficulty in removing things that were once honoured. So you expand... You make the number bigger. You don't... You try not to, like trim stuff that was once put on the list in case you regret it later, or it's like it's more insulting to put it on and then take it off than to have never put it on at all kind of thing.
0: But there's also, like, we're also within two generations of, like, cinema existing, really. Like, conceivably
1: there are only really two to three generations of people who could have done this work. Like... Yeah. I think and... I, that's so fascinating, it's particularly for you and you and I, who are big video game fans and, like, the video game, our video games our debate rages on and, like, film critics look down on video games. It's like, a lot of people look down on film, and film critics, and, like, these are all relatively new things, but because film is just those few decades older, it gets that little bit more respect. But then you 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 go to, like, the larger world, and, like, academia, and, like, you know, I did film studies at university, I am painfully aware that people think that means that they shoved on Fast and the Furious and we all went, haha, <laughs> car went vroom. <laughs> um like, no they showed you
0: Metropolis and asked you what you thought about like German Impressionist movies well,
1: yeah exactly I just I, I've always found it funny that like if you say you do English literature people just are like oh cool and they assume you're doing the greatest texts of all time and you're pulling them apart and you're analysing all this deep theory but you say film studies and they assume you are just watching Hollywood movies and it's like why why the faith in one thing and not the other but
0: the irony of this of course is that I read Dune for <laughs> my English literature studies and you probably want like a lot of stuff that like you would not have read or watched in your like actual social life whereas Dune is like yeah a seminal science fiction book that yeah. what like, What a weird world we live in where I don't like it, it's so weird to think of like just the linearity of time and yeah. like how close we are to the start of this as a genre and that like is there going to be a case where mm. you can already see it in terms of the fact that like the only people who have seen Citizen Kane who are born in the last 20 years are people who give a shit about movies like yeah, there yeah. is almost no way for you as like a a twenty-year-old who was born in the year two thousand at this point to stumble across Citizen Kane, and yet it is still—it
1: for- is still the the movie that is held up as like the movie, and I'm like oh, it's the Citizen Kane of whatever, and like oh, and, and how it maintains that. I mean, it maintains that because the people writing TV and movies are like you know, 50, 60 years old, and they're, they're just going with what they grew up with. But one day, all of that sh- will probably vanish, because, <laughs> it's like, it just is not a thing for young people. I don't... You, could
0: or- you could already see it in terms of, like, yeah. when you get to... And like the amount of people who are writing novels now, who started their careers in fan fiction, yeah, and writing like they were writing sm- straight up smut about two characters that they really like from Harry Potter having sex, mm-hmm. and now they're like published authors who have, who
1: are bestsellers, and, it's and then crazy. they become vampires that that go all, all twinkly in the sun. It's all very fascinating. Yeah, uh, and like I'm sure that if
0: like the side poll is out in 2022, I'm sure Truman Show is going to be bumped up by that result because it's yeah. it's held every 10 years I feel like there is like a 20 year loop in terms of like a reaction to a movie like we're already seeing with things like *Starship Troopers yeah like where it's a movie that was like maligned when it came out but now it's got enough critical head behind it that people are re-evaluating it and I don't think people are re-evaluating Truman Show I think there's just a level of like oh I'm not embarrassed to say that Truman Show was one of the best movies of the 90s it's kind of more yeah. response to it
1: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of what i was getting at, at the start of like it has some dna in common with starship troopers which got a big reevaluation. and like you said truman show no one was ever like truman show is bad they just they weren't loud enough about truman show is good i suppose it's a, it's, a, it's a jim carrey being funny movie there's yeah. no yeah. depth to
0: it than that even though they're very categorical is. um speaking of this version of the movie that's got no depth to it have you seen ed tv what, what do you think of it in comparison to Truman Show?
1: Not as good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will forever remember Matthew McConaughey, like, demonstrating he can slide into the Texan accent uh, to... Uh, make things work with the lady like that's the thing i remember the beginning where they're looking for the person to be on it and him auditioning and all that i have very little memory of what happens once it actually all comes together but yeah like not night and day but like just a different league of movie in my opinion it's funny because obviously it, it's ron howard the cast is so
0: much more stacked than yeah. truman show is where truman show is like people that you know but like when you look at the atv cast, it's like matthew mcgonaghy jenna elfman woody harrelson Ellen generous martin landau the Elizabeth Hurley Rob Reiner Dennis Hopper very funny that Dennis Hopper's in that and then mm-hmm. I, even on the Wikipedia page it says Harry Shearer is moderator Shearer yeah. was also featured in the Truman Show like yeah. the two movies are so inextricably linked but only in terms of Ed TV coming out a year later and yeah. people comparing it to Truman Show rather than people looking at Truman Show and going like oh, Ed TV isn't it that seems
1: more like the real world to me because that is much more about like they're, they're, it's consensual and it's like we're looking for someone to be on it do you think you'd be good for this and people like or auditioning for the the trope of like people's real world auditions kind of thing and but you can fill things with more famous people doesn't mean it's going to be better
0: (laughs) no it's i mean it's it's a fascinating thing that exists like a year later and i have to assume it probably is as you say like it's the version of truman show where it's consensual i think that's what makes truman show such a pointed piece of satire
1: is that they kind of go like oh we're not that far away from this maybe being an unconsensual Thing. i think i yeah like the genie i think like the most horrifying line is when they just gloss over and breeze over the fact yeah you were the first corporation to legally adopt a human being it's like yep and that's that's just that and we all just accept that and everyone watching the show is like that's the yeah. horror of, of just, the damn piece
0: I, I mean obviously it's something that probably of the rest know the answer to but like i really want to know now where like where in the evolving debate of whether or not corporations are people <laughs> conversation <not>. we are <laughs> they're not <laughs> They're very much not. Um, Obviously, in in terms of American law, there is mm -hmm. that debate that gets raged around, like, can a corporation deny you right to sell to things? Or, like, can a corporation have vested interest in stuff? And it's, like, all these things that are being discussed in American law, and it's, like, are they having these debates? Mm -hmm. Or is this, again, another prophetic thing where, like, it's another example of a corporation trying to be human, in terms of its
1: rights. Well, if they ever were remotely human, then maybe we could talk about it. And actually, I think, I mean, I've said this a couple of times now, but probably one of the most genius lines in the movie the ending of like this has all been building this is the biggest show in the world everyone is there watching it this huge triumphant like escape and then the final line is just like what else is on and it's just life goes on and it's like i love that kind of thing as an ending of like ah but at the end of the day it's just a tv show (laughs) like it'll just at some point it'll be like oh remember the truman show kind of thing um, or maybe Kristoff goes to an island and goes even bigger with his project kind of thing.
0: He actually predicts Lost immediately after. <laughs> but in this world he actually like erect, like a captures Matthew Fox and Dominic Monaghan and like, mm. drops them in an island.
1: Did he know what he was going to do when he started it or was he just bullshitting no. his way across? Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> Uh, right, cool. I think that's everything we have to say on the Truman Show. So, the second I lost, we have to cut. For, I'm sorry, we're out of time. We must end this podcast.
0: Right, so as we said, this is our one stop-off in 1998. We weren't going to submit Matthew to watching Thin Red Line or Sting Private Ryan. So instead, we are going to 1999, and we are watching a movie from a very popular animated series created. We're not talking South Park, we're no. talking Mike Judge's Office Space.
1: Yes, I'm going to predict now this will place last on Benjamin's <laughs> letterbox ranking of the li- of the list, but yeah, we'll talk about it next week.
0: I, I don't think it can, Okay. purely based on the fact that I think Steven Root's performance in Office Space is like an all-time
1: fantastic. Okay, cool. Well, then I look forward to talking about that next week. So, Matthew, mm-hmm. as we finish every episode, yes. will there be movies? You know what I'm going to say. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you. Bye, everyone.